Hi, I love horror. Do you? Welcome to Love Horror Podcast. <gasps> Originally, I was going to be looking at horror games that were released in 2014. However, that has been delayed a little, as I have this time an interview or questions and answers session, whatever you want to call it, with an indie filmmaker for you. His name is Morris Smith and he has recently released a feature film called Dark Matter, which is slightly more sci-fi than horror. However, I feel this is still of interest to horror fans, as a lot of it has to do with low-budget filmmaking in general. In fact, he has also released a book that is available on Amazon called How to Make a Feature Film for Less Than a Grand, The Making of Dark Matter. It costs about £12 in the UK or $22 US, and a link will be in the description to it. Next time, I'm planning on going back to trivia from Friday the 13th movies. Next time, it'll be parts 3 and 4. Last week, we went through trivia from parts 1 and 2. If you have any suggestions for that episode or just the podcast in general, then you can email me at lovehorrorpodcast at yahoo.co.uk. That's lovehorrorpodcast without a question mark or one word at yahoo.co.uk. Here is his response. To clarify, I start by asking him why he chose the genre that he did. Okay, I try not to to pick a genre really because I think genres are there. A, for the film distributors to to find a way to market their films to a particular audience and possibly for people to categorise what kind of films they like. I like films that are not genre-specific but move across genres. So, for example, maybe um, making a film about human condition with a science fiction edge to it or human condition with a, a crime association affixed it. So I tend to call... The film's drama is a general genre. Ah, now then, what is my film about? It's difficult to explain because I don't want to reveal too much about it, which might expose an answer to what the film is, which is a puzzle. Uh, the audience should be almost deliberately confused as they watch it have to work quite hard to, to start to put the pieces together which hopefully is done in an entertaining way but it's really a multi-layered film it's two stories one of a, a smaller human condition or an attribute of human emotions and the journey that that's taking um, underlying a much bigger scenario where the whole human race is threatened by something going on outside of our planet and on a super powerful magnitude and scale. So the, these two stories entwine and overlap and have a bearing you know, one upon the other. If I say more, I think I would uh, threaten to, to, reveal, to reveal the end, and that's not something I wish to do. Um, it's made with very few characters, um, a few, few special effects in CGI to make it entertaining, the film is really about a gradually darkening atmosphere and the playing out of uh, two main characters and their stories, um, which is slowly revealed. Their journey through life is slowly revealed. And the third person, an alien. 
um, who's quite beautiful and enigmatic. And uh, I think that's all I can say about it, really. Um, Pre-production. Pre-production is probably a lot of the work, really. We work with extremely limited budgets, and um, I write the stories knowing the limitation of that budget, location, equipment, the amount of characters we can use. Um, and therefore the pre-production is actually writing the story as well. It's all part of it. If I write the story, I consider um, mostly what location we have and how we can maintain control of that. So most of the films are made using our home or the surrounding area where we've got easy access to and uh, quite cheap to, to get to, not forget equipment or hire a local hall, that kind of thing. Um, Pre-production is really working out what characters, what people will be here at particular times and what scenes could be done at any given location. So, so pre-production probably took about a month, I would say, if you add up all the days and the work and, and indeed re-looking really at the script, maybe altering the script to, to, to really fall within our limits of what we can hire and, and use. The filming took um, a year. It didn't really take a year. We... We, we knew that we would do it in, in tiny chunks throughout the year, according to when people were available, the actors were available. Uh, and since the crew was basically just me and my partner Leslie doing the sound, um, we had to do all the work. Um, we knew that we needed actors here at a particular time and very well planned as to what scenes we were going to shoot. Uh, because it was spread out over a year, uh, con continuity becomes an enormous problem. You know, put everything away and sort of keep the set laid out. You can't always shoot all the scenes in a particular location. Um, therefore, you have to tidy it up and, and go back to reset up later on. Some of the actors weren't here for twin actor scenes, so you have to film it in a particular way so it looks like they're there on the same day. It's problematic because weather conditions can change throughout the year, the lighting levels. Um, we can get overcast days or sunny days so that's one of the problems of making a movie over a long period of time in little chunks it's probably much better to do it all in one go over a period of, of a few weeks um, but we didn't have the luxury to, to ask actors to come and do that they often have other jobs or um, other, other films that they're involved with the problems we encounter during filming are many um, mostly the biggest one is noise where we film it we're near quite a busy main road there's not a lot we can do about that to isolate that sound in fact most of the sound as we're filming is always spoilt by you know a thundering truck going past so we have to keep stopping and starting and just relying upon luck sometimes to get good dialogue down when the scene is relatively quiet without the interruption of um, heavy vehicles on the road outside. Um, the other problems are mostly my own. If you're trying to work the camera, direct the actors, move the lighting around, set up the scene, um, organise and direct it, which is one other person doing the sound, uh, it's an extraordinary amount of jobs to take on. And indeed, that's why most films are made using an organised crew each person, person has a specialisation. I try and do it a lot. Um, and that is a problem. I get tired quickly. I get quite annoyed quickly and irritated. So many things to think of. Um, 
So most of the problems are my own through missing something often such a simple thing like not noticing the, the, the memory card has run out and I'm not actually filming anything anymore even though I'm seeing it on the camera it's not being recorded. Um, often after um, doing all the shooting and the actors going away you discover you haven't got enough cutaways when there are problems where you want to cut a scene from um, one take to another take smoothly without cutaways and maybe uh, small shots of uh, details that you find it quite difficult to do. So I try and always remember now to do a lot of detailed and cutaway shots after we shot the main sequences or at any location shooting the main sequence in you know two or three different ways then to go over and cut lots of details uh, sorry to shoot lots of details promoting your film is a very difficult thing to do um, it costs money to advertise and to promote the market you're doing it against the background of um, perhaps thousands of other people trying to do the same uh, marketing advertising is what moves the world and without the money and the big backup and backing of large corporates to do that you're not going to be very successful so mostly I promote the film by trying to send it to um, a number of festivals unfortunately I believe that most film festivals are either jollies or business making machines for the people organising the festivals or their um, promotion promotion exercises for local film schools especially so in America that's my own view uh, true or not or whatever you believe that's what I believe so I tried to stream it online uh, I run a few websites where I put up my own advertising I have spent money on advertising in magazines it's very unsuccessful uh, I see the film as saying that eventually come out on a streaming platform rather than DVD um, and the reason for that is I believe that the um, the disruptive uh, new companies coming along that are uh, reorganising the way that movies and books are distributed is changing the whole nature of the game. So I I make films with the idea that ultimately they go out very cheaply uh, on many different platforms via streaming technologies and not really via DVD or the cinema. A number of films appearing at the cinema are quite small. They're aimed at large mass audiences and often uh, a 3D experience. So it's something you can't so easily experience on a small screen whereas most people have mobile phones and ipads and their, their computers and xboxes and therefore the majority of people will, will watch a film on one of those devices i admit that audience um rightly or wrongly and i believe the future will uh, grow that that area more so than the cinema experience It's harder to keep going than to actually get started. Um, the reason why, it, I believe, is that um, to even begin to consider the problems of making a film, you have to be passionate or frustrated in, in some area about not being able to tell a story um, via the film device or the film method, which eventually um, reaches a threshold to you. You're compelled to go and do that in some form or fashion or the best way you can manage it but once you have done it you realize how difficult a journey actually is and how problematic it is and how expensive it can be 
um, there's an awful lot of things that need to be done to produce a you know quality film which can be expensive um, i try to make films i think my first film i, I borrowed twenty thousand pounds the second film dark matter which is the one i hope to be talking about now cost one thousand pounds which is an extraordinarily low amount of money um, often if you tell people they don't want to see your film because they think the budget's too small for it to be of any good production value but that's not true i i think with um modern technology and, and a, a lot of bright minds around it is quite easy today to make a good quality film not possibly for the large cinema but certainly for the other screens that we use um with a good story or the good story is the main thing um and I think it's very difficult once you've done one or two films to, to gather up the impetus and the energy to take on the whole thing again. It's going to take 18 months to possibly three years of your life to make a good feature film if you're going to do it well and if you're going to correct all the errors that, that, that come about through the process. It's a long journey and you're very unlikely to make any money from it. Uh, in fact, you're most likely to lose money. But anyway, some people go out and play golf or drive fast cars they spend money on that i spend money on making films and writing books so that's my particular bent in life the advice i give to somebody who wanted to have a life making films is to start doing it right now i wouldn't suggest going to film school unless you've got lots of money and can afford what that costs these days which i think is um despairing really People have to go to university and pay up to nine grand a year to learn anything. I, I've never gone to university. I've never gone to school to actually learn anything once I left my uh, early year school, you know, at 16. I believe the best way to learn something is to grab hold of the stuff, go and do it, and learn from the experience, uh, constantly correcting uh, the errors that you make from the things that you learn. Um, observing other people... Uh, making a film or doing a task is also a good way and being able to talk to them. Um, I, I don't think it's that hard to get going. You know, just people today got, you know, quite cheap cameras, mobile phone cameras. You can actually make a small film with that. It won't be amazing quality. But it starts to show you the process involved. Um, I, I would say anybody who wants to have a life-creating film should try writing a script first. To, to imagine a story quite visually and see how you you write that down because that's part of the process of imagining a story and making a film. I think that's a good start and you haven't got a camera or the equipment. Um, uh, the other thing would be um, if you, you haven't got all the equipment to make your own film, it's to get involved. Lots of filmmakers uh, it, uh, using low budgets like myself would welcome people to come along and um, play a part in making a film and have a go and learn a bit and add to the experience it's an interesting experience um, so people can find spare time they want to be a sound recorder or camera operator or continuity advisor uh, look around the, the websites where people are making films or casting for people or write to uh, small budget filmmakers and ask if they can be Ask them if you can be involved in some way. What makes a film great for me is always one thing, the story. Um, almost every single film I watch, and I've watched tens of thousands possibly in my lifetime, 
I can generally guess how the film is going to progress and the end within the first 20 minutes of watching the film. Um, it may be a lot quicker than that. Now, I like a film when I can't do that, when I constantly watch it and I'm not certain how it's going to develop and where it's going to move to. I find that very compelling and it, it makes me want to watch it. Um, I like powerful um characters I don't mean powerful with muscle band I mean the characters strong uh, I like to see many of the traits of humanity's journey within the film and not disguised not hidden if somebody goes to have a shower or somebody gets out of bed I don't like the camera moving away from their, their bits and their parts because instantly I feel I'm watching a film as they involved with the flow on the wall journey of of seeing these characters in their lives and the story unfold. It immediately makes it artificial to me. And a lot of American films do that with they're aimed at an audience uh, below 17 or 18 years of age. They do that. Uh, it doesn't have to be a film. It doesn't have to be graphic in any way. It just has to be realistic. I consider that the uh, world cinema films made, or at least on on uh, out for public consumption, were in, say, 19... 70 to 1990 are some of the best films I've ever seen often made on small budgets um, intoxicating me with the storytelling and the microscopism microscopism microscopic detail of, of the, the human condition and human interaction uh, so I, I think that that's what makes a film great for me I do like epic films I like you know um, fantastic CGI when I go to cinema I love Star Wars and Star Trek and, you know, science fiction films that are epic in proportion. Who doesn't there? But it really is a, a feast for the mind rather than the story. It's the, um, the extraordinary imagination that, that you, you then see coming to life through CGI. Well, that's, that's an interesting experience. But it's not the type of film that I would be able to make with, with my expertise or budget. So I look towards... The other things which are interesting, which is being put into a film and, and feeling that you're part of it and being surprised by it and constantly being entertained by the interaction between the characters or unexpected events. I love irony and I like to sort of suggest in the films that, that the universe has a sense of humour and in the, the journey of our lives it, it, um, it, it executes that humour upon us uh, and I like to put that in my films there's been so many films um, that inspire that I find inspiring so it's impossible to list them really uh, mostly it's the world cinema that, that I've watched that I thought were films that, that were very remarkably different they're just so many um, so I can't really say to be honest you know which one I find most inspiring or influential I don't I don't really have favourites. I have a set of uh, favourites for, for different reasons. Right. Yeah, all stories as well, probably as films, have all been done over and over again. There's only so many stories you can tell. Um, I'm not certain I do keep it fresh. If you ask why do I keep it fresh, I'm not certain I do. What I try to do is to make a film that I would like to see that doesn't exist or... Um, it may exist, but it's not told very well. You know, um, a good example would be, I'd love to do the film, uh, I think the film was called It. 
about the alien uh, in the land uh, the um, about the alien at the South Pole, I think it was, and um, it's been remade a couple. Of, the thing that was it. The thing it's been remade a couple of times. I found that film quite interesting, and it's been done in many different ways. Uh, the stranger in our midst, the person who's not quite the one it's supposed to be. Um, a film like that would be quite difficult to do in the setting which I originally saw it, which is you know the Arctic or Antarctic Circle. But you could tell a film like that with um, a completely different setting scenario. So if I say we're inspired by that film, I might consider writing a story uh, with a similar um, underlying theme in a setting that's simpler for me to manage and handle than going to the South Pole, which I can't afford to do. Um, so to keep something fresh, I think you should make something. You, It's not out there that you'd like to see, so you make it for yourself to see in your way and with your elements in it um, and see if it appeals to other people too. I think that's what I tried to do. You know, we're going to make a, another a feature film probably later this year and I've written the script for you I've got several ideas in mind but I'd like to consider what I would like to see and how would I like to see it and that's why I would write the script for myself I don't write thinking I've got this audience or that audience it's just me so ultimately when I finish the film and put it away and then put it on one evening would I enjoy it and if I enjoy it and I believe I've done a good job. Okay, that's it. Thank you very much. And the next film we're going to make, I don't know yet. But the last one we made is Dark Matter. And it'd be nice if you took a look at that and see what you thought about it. Thank you. Bye. So I hope you found that interesting. The website to his new movie is darkmatter.org.uk. There's no hyphen or anything. That is just one word, Dark Matter. Dot org dot uk. From that website's homepage, you can click a button that says something like uh, watch this film and that will take you to the Vimeo page where you can pay $3.95, that's less than $4, to rent it and the rental will last for 30 days. Unfortunately, you cannot actually purchase the movie at this time, only rent it and it's not available from iTunes and like I say, you just can rent it for now but i still recommend you go check it out the facebook page for that film is facebook.com forward slash dark matter 2014 again that is all one word facebook.com forward slash dark matter 2014 if you have any suggestions for that episode or just this podcast in general then you can email me at lovehorrorpodcast at yahoo.co.uk thanks for listening